What's up, everyone? My name is Matt Valley, and this is the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool past lives and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Today's guest is somebody that I've known for many, many years. His name is Mike Belmont, and he's from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. But in my household, actually, we call it the St. Paul, Minneapolis area <laughs> because I'm from the Rock and East Side. Don't you Very know? Good. That's how we roll. So you may know Mike as a 20-plus year vet at Ipsos, where he's currently a senior vice president and senior client officer. But what you probably don't know about Mike is that he's also a shredding guitar player. And he played for many years in an uber-popular a uh, nightclub band around the Minneapolis-St. Paul area called Empty Attic. Maybe if you've been to Orgera's Garage on Snelling, you caught them once or twice uh, back in the day. So I'll let Mike tell you all about it. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you. Good to see you. Nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you on the show. So let's talk first about your career in insights. Really interested to hear how you got into it. And uh, I know you've been at Ipsos a long time, but uh, your thoughts on your journey sort of along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think I uh, have a, a pretty interesting one. I mean, the, the main thing is it's been 27 years, all in insights. Wow. And it's been with two firms, and that's it. So, and always on the vendor side. So, you know, a lot of the people I work with have gone back and forth on the client side and the vendor side, but uh, been there 27 years and the last 20 with Ipsos. And I think it, um, you know, for a lot of people, you don't dream of, of getting into research as a kid. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of what got me in, I was at St. Thomas in St. Paul, mm -hmm. um, Minnesota, and uh, I was finishing up school and I was in business, uh, getting a degree there and playing hockey. And I was also in the band. And I had a choice between uh, a, a class was market research or sales. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it's like, you know, the sales just sounded terrible to me. That's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> so that's that's literally how I got in was the first thing I did is I said, OK, let's try this market research. I'm fairly logical. I'm analytical. Uh, I enjoy that type of thing. So let's see what happens. Um, so took the class and, and liked some of the kind of the marketing side of it. But once you got into the um, statistics, I just that wasn't my thing. Right. Um, so enjoyed it, got exposed to it. And then um, what I did then was I got an internship at CRI. So right. yes. you know them, but it, if it, uh, Custom Research International, they, they won the Malcolm Baldrige Award. It was a big deal. Uh, they, they were bought out by GFK eventually. So anyway, so I interned right. there um, and was working in the phone room essentially after that. Mm -hmm. So learned, learned quite a bit there, um, got exposed to market research again. And then uh, it eventually uh, went to NK Friedrichs. Right. Um, so small, a small uh, research in Minneapolis. I spent seven years there and learned a lot. It was I'd have 30 projects going at a time. I was uh, running focus groups. I was in the phone room when I was programming, uh, uh, doing all the old school research stuff. Um, right. And spent some great years, learned tons. And then finally, it was it got to a point where I was I just wanted to go to a, a bigger place, and I had met some people at Angus Reed. Yep. Um, and went there, and then um, my third day, this was in 2000. They brought everyone to the conference room to watch a video, and it was Angus Reed um, in a, a Hawaiian T-shirt and a lay with a drink, saying, <laughs> "Congratulations to me! I just sold the company to Ipsos." Oh wow. So, 
and everyone says, weren't you scared for your job? And at that, that I was young, I didn't even occur to me that that might be, you know, what happens when a company gets purchased, but right. But anyway, so that's where I started with Ipsos in Minneapolis and it was our tech team. So I spent years and years on the Sprint account and um, working with a lot of local clients um, in Minneapolis. And then as Ipsos came in, it was a big global organization mm -hmm. and have spent, uh, again, it's been over 20 years there. Um, I was managing projects, then moved into account management um, and then started building teams. Um, I'd have you know, 10, 20, 30, and, and up to 40 people reporting to me. So I learned a lot about management there and the right. and that side of the, of the, the insights business. Um, and then got really into focusing on big accounts. And I, I really enjoyed doing that because you start to learn about certain businesses, right? So there's some interesting things there. And I spent seven years working pretty much dedicated to Microsoft. Right. Um, and that's where I moved out to Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, and had three great years there and then uh, was running our tech team out there and the opportunity came up here Lamont our as you know our CEO mm -hmm. he wanted to start a global account um, group but just focused on the US right so I, I was all over that I moved back to Minneapolis and then we piloted what we call it's um, a client first so it was to get uh, from the inside side, we were dedicated to a couple big accounts, mm -hmm. uh, Google and a couple others. Um, and we tried that out. And then that actually turned into a whole reorg that happened two years ago at Ipsos, where we took all our service lines. You were either in the service line or you were um, in this client officer position. Okay. And now I think we have 30 or so. And we're really focused on a couple big accounts. Mm -hmm. And getting to know their business and making sure all of our, our teams, our service lines, know their objectives, understand the business, and do great work. So that's where I'm at now um, and love it. I think that's, that's you know, I, I, I don't have anyone reporting to me officially anymore. So it's great. Um, I can, you know, a lot of flexibility to do, you know, to just learn about clients and help them. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. And again, it's, I'm glad I chose that uh, instead of sales. Um, to, to get me into market research, but essentially that's what you get into as well too. Everyone's a salesperson, but yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's been my journey. And um, you know, again, I love it and I've never really looked at the client side, thought about it a few times, but uh, really, really love the people and the business and the variety and the creativity of what I do. Yeah. That, that's a really unique structure. Um, and I think it's, it's great for, uh, for the large accounts and that's where the scale of the Ipsos business really enables that that uh, that kind of model. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. All right. So let's talk about your alter ego as shredder <laughs> for empty attic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the the funny thing is, is it kind of comes up once in a while, and and no one really believes it. Or you know, over here, I guess I uh, have a guitar, and I'm on a conference call, someone will ask about it, but. It, it, I don't, I, I don't act or, or look like I have that history, which um, a lot of old researchers kind of have. But um, so it was You're a college a hockey band. player, though. By the way, yeah, yeah, I was also a hockey player. So <laughs> at St. Thomas, I was a goalie. So uh, when I was in the band, there was an article about me in the Star Tribune, a picture on the front of the sports page with a puck in my mouth, <laughs> and they talked about my band and that how they pulled me back onto the team and. 
and people were at games would be screaming at me, your band sucks and, and all this <laughs> stuff. But so anyway, that, that's a whole other story. But, um, but the band was, uh, you know, I, I played a little guitar. I was always interested in music. I was a, I was a heavy metal guy growing up in St. Cloud, um, played around a little bit, you know, was into rats or whoever sure. at the time and got to St. Thomas um, and then grunge hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like all the other guys, you know, not everybody, but that's where I got pulled. Sure. Uh, fell, fell in love with that. And, and uh, with a couple of friends, you know, we found a drummer, we found another guitar player. Um, I learned essentially, you know, through that, we play up in an attic um, yeah. where somebody was living and got kicked out of there for noise. And that, that helped, you know, why we became empty attic. Um, but it was, it was at a time where there was, you know, St. Thomas didn't have a lot of bands and it wasn't a thing, um, really. Right. People jumped all over it. We'd play a lot, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the local bars and it would just be packed because there was really nothing else. You know, it was just, otherwise you go to a bar. Right. So we had a big following, um, happened for a couple of years, uh, great guys that I played with. Um, we had a tape. Um, you know, so yeah, we put that out. We I had one of those too. <laughs> What's that? I had one of those too. Cassette. Yeah, yeah. Cassette you, release. Know, <laughs> you, you cut a tape. Um, and, and anyway, so it was a lot of fun. We we had a song that made it to the radio, but like, uh, you know, a, a after midnight show on a local station, and it was you know, uh, but that was a big deal to us. But it was it was just as kind of a side hobby, and, and I think the 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 most serious we got was at the end we wrote you know wrote some good songs i think and um we talked to an agent so it got to that point sure. and we 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 played a few places we hadn't played and i think pretty much played terribly um <laughs> which was kind of how we played anyway and and they were talking about oh you know you know we'll give you clothes sponsorships and all this weird stuff and we had, <laughs> we were all kind of, you know, graduated and, and, you know, everyone was kind of getting into their career and we just didn't, you know, um, it, you know, they stopped talking to us anyway, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that was kind of it. Um, you know, that's, that's the history of it, but you know, I'm, I'm the, uh, play guitar. Um, they usually don't give me a microphone. Um, you know, we write things together and, and, and anyway, so that was kind of history, but it was just a bar band and, you know, we had some, a little fun with our own, our own music there. Now, now, somebody somehow you got dragged out of retirement though last year. Did did you not a reunion show? Yes. So that that was kind of the highlight. I think I hadn't played. I mean, I I when I moved into Seattle and everywhere I moved, I'd bring my guitar and my amp with me, and you know, I'd never play and and kind of lost touch with a lot of these great guys, the friends of mine. And when I was out, this was a few years ago. I was out in Seattle and I'd come home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys would say, hey, let's jam. And I'm like, okay, I, how do you do that? I don't remember. So, we, you know, another guy uh, it has a friend, has a great, our bass player has a great basement. Um, um, so we'd go there, we'd jam, and then it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, and we'd go every, every couple of times that I was back. And then when I, I moved back, we said, hey, let's, there's four of us. Let's get the fifth guy. Where is he? No one could find him. <laughs> um he i think he was kind of purposely hiding um and he had continued his sort of music career and he was a, a he's a really great singer um and i called him up i found found him on linkedin got his phone number and called him up and just said pete and he's like yeah who's this i hadn't talked to him in you know 15 20 years i said it's belmont 
we got the band back together. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, no, no. But anyway, so we talked him into coming down. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, just started doing it like a bowling league. Like every week, every two weeks, we get together, have, have a few beers and sit and jam and have a great time. And then after a while, we started saying, hmm, you know, what if <laughs> we got back together and played a live show? And we were kind of like, you know, um, but anyway, we, um, we spent, we decided to do it. Everyone committed, um, which is great for five guys. Everyone's busy families, uh, you know, really busy careers mm -hmm. and everyone was so dedicated, you know, um, and we practiced for about a year. Oh, wow. Planned a gig at our old place. We played, tried to figure out how in the world to make a website. <laughs> um, how to, to give a, a Facebook account, how to, um, we redid our logo. So I'm working with the designer on my free time um, and all these types of things and started telling people. And um, we did, we did it all, you know, all right. We, we didn't rush it. We spent a year planning. We had lights, we had smoke machines and we invited just about everybody we knew and a lot of people are like you know my coworkers are like yeah whatever i'll come see your little band it'll be a hoot yeah and it, it was a blast i mean we did it upright and um really i think blew people away including ourselves cool and at the end of this you know we played for three and a half hours and we were all just wow. exhausted everyone's just like man we pulled it off and you know we have the videos of it we got the website People are still like, that was an amazing night. It was every, you know, it was a like coworkers, friends, people we hadn't seen in 25 years. So anyway, it, that was a, a, a real highlight of kind of putting all that work together to, to, to have a great time. So that, that's, you know, and since then we've, we play about three times a year is probably about the max we can, you know, everyone can kind of practice enough to make it happen. Sure. Oh, that's, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Great, great when it boomerangs back around and yeah. Uh, you can get the fire in the belly and get out there. <laughs> so that's cool. Awesome. Yep. So, so are there any, thinking about the fact that you did that before you started your professional career and you were doing it during, during college, are there any lessons that you were able to draw from that experience that you applied in your professional career or, or perhaps vice versa? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, one is, is uh, in, at least in, the, in a career or any career, you have to have confidence, right? So. Yeah. And getting up on stage to me was horrifying. Um, in the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, public speaking, that type of a, of a thing. Right. So I, I think I learned a lot just on confidence like that and put yourself out there. Um, you know, that's, that's a big one. The other, you know, similar to that is just like insights, you have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. you, you can't just go up there um, and, and wing it. Right. Um, you have to, to really put in the prep. So I, I take that into my career a lot too. I don't just go into a meeting and, and just besides this one and, and, and try to, and wing it, you know, um, it, you have to be prepared. So that, that I think is a good one. Um, I, I think to the uh, teamwork. Right. So in insights too, it's not, you know, here's what I say, here's what I, well, let's do this. Um, here's my one source of data I'm going to go with. Mm -hmm. um, you have to work through all these different things. And it's kind of like with the band too, there's five of us and um, everyone's fighting for, I want to sing, or I want to, I don't want to sing, or I want to write this or let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the, um, the other is, um, you know, bring energy to stuff. So if, if on stage, if you're up there and you're, you know, don't want to be there, then no one wants to watch you or listen to you. Right. Exactly. 
so I think there's there's a lot like that, um, you know, that that I, I learned from, you know, kind of forcing myself to to get out on stage and to and you know to write music and to and to play that music for people. That's kind of you know that's risky, right? Yep. So I think throwing yourself out there. Some good some good similarities from that, at least from from my perspective. So. No, that's great. That's great. So I know you've you've spent your career working with really innovative clients uh, and for a top global insights firm. So you must have some thoughts on where the insights industry may be heading. What what's important and maybe what the future looks like. Yeah, um, you know, again, I I love it, and it's it seems like every couple of years there's always something looming in insights, like mm -hmm. you know, behavioral data will take over or um, automatic platforms will take over and, you know, they, they, they it moves fairly slow. Um, but there's always things that are going to be there. And I think the, you know, it's, it's consulting, whether you're in, uh, on the vendor side or on the client side, mm -hmm. you can have all the automation in the world. Um, you can have all the data sources in the world and it takes skill to understand how you take that and answer questions for your client or for your own business, right? Sure. So I, I think that's always gonna be there. And we've seen even this, the DIY stuff, right? So mm -hmm. that's gonna take over. You, you still, there's such value in understanding what questions to ask, what data to use, how to do it efficiently, um, you know, what, what's been tried before and doesn't work, um, what, right. what to not believe that people tell you, when to use BSI, I mean, there's all of these things. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's a big one that's to me is, is kind of the future. That's always going to be there in insight. Um, and I think the other part similar is storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone talks about storytelling and the importance of that. That's important, um, to get with all these data sources, you have to rise to the top to say, this is how we're going to answer this question. Um, and here's why, and it has to be compelling. It has to be. Uh, interesting. People have to listen to it and, and remember it. So that's kind of the future is, is what do you do with all these data sources and make sure that, um, you know, you're impacting decisions. Right. Right. And I think uh, lastly, it's, um, it's, it's be focused on the final decision. And what are we trying to impact here? It's not data for the sake of data. Mm -hmm. It's here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to decide for the client. Um, and you, everyone has to be focused there because you can get overwhelmed with all this data. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's behavioral, there's uh, neuro, um, you know, there's, there's 10 different things coming in about answering, asking the same type of question. So you really have to focus that and tell a story and be compelling and, and be influential. So I, I think we'll see changes in kind of, you know, the platforms or automation or um, outsourcing, insourcing. Um, right. all of those things will always be there, but I think it boils down to the storytelling, uh, is always going to be important. Um, and, you know, and, and just consulting and using that experience, um, to, to impact, you know, the decisions that are made. So. Cool. Cool. That's great perspective. So being that this is a podcast, <laughs> kind of curious to know if there's other media, uh, or perhaps books, uh, well, books are media, right? Um, any other sources that uh, that you draw inspiration from or uh, enjoy? Yeah, you know, I'm not. This is my first podcast. I, I I've enjoyed uh, getting into that, and I, I think that's that's been a new thing. But 
one thing, one book um, that always comes back to me that I, I really believe in for work is uh, in my professional life, life is the trusted advisor. Um, right. And um, uh, actually uh, keep it right here all the time because um, anyway, it's, it's really valuable and that's that's what we do right and that's kind of what i'm talking about is you have to have that um you have to be an expert with what you do first and that's not enough you then you have to be a valuable resource um and then uh then you have to be a trusted advisor so there's a lot of things in there about um you know active listening that are helpful reminders and then using empathy right to understand what the client or your customer is trying to accomplish both for their comp their company, not yours, right? Um, and their personal career. Exactly. So it's yep. a great book for that, and I'd highly recommend that for people that that are that are interested. And in, you know, it's some of it's common sense, but a lot of it is great reminders um, on on how to become a trusted advisor, which is what we're what we're trying to attain here. So yeah, I have also read that book. So um, oh, good. Second, your recommendation for sure. Uh, there's a I think that one was given to me at Ipsos. I think they as part of a training yeah. several years ago, but it, it is it is a really good one. Yep, agreed. Cool. All right, well, you know what's coming next, Mike. You know what's coming next. So yeah. hopefully you've had a chance to think about it so this segment doesn't take two, three, four hours <laughs> or weeks or months. Um, so you're stranded on a desert island. You've got three records of your choice. Uh, to keep you company for the rest of your days, what are they? Yeah, this is a very challenging question, and I think for for people that love music, it can get really difficult because uh, um, you know it, it it says a lot about who you are, right? And and if you're passionate about music, it says a lot. And I think as a researcher, I can overanalyze that and say, well, if I'm on a desert island, then I'll want variety or I'll want this and that. So I finally boiled it down to the question and just said, okay, what are my three favorite albums of all time? Okay. Okay. So, but these are the three I would probably take. So my number one, and a lot of people know this and cause I talk about them all the time and it is uh Sunvolt is my favorite mm -hmm. band. So, uh, S O N B O L T. Cool. Yep. And uh favorite album is trace. So if, um, that, that one, I think in 93, 94, whenever they came out just blew me away and, and I've been essentially obsessed with the band and their music for since then. Cool. Um, so Sunvolt Trace is number one. All right. Um, uh, number two. So then also in order to do this, you have to show variety, right? So in, in your three. Um, and then uh, I think a big one for me, and it, it, it's probably not uh, even my favorite Pearl Jam album anymore, but uh, 10, yep. um, their, their first classic. album, classic. Yep. Um, you know, really, really changed, uh, you know, grunge came in was a big one for me. So I, I'd go with that. And then the other one is, uh, was even the most difficult to do, but I, it, it all comes back to uh, beastie boys, uh, Paul's boutique. Great record. Absolutely. Great record. Yeah. So it, it, it is, I mean, um, but anyway, those, those, and there's tons of others. And I've, I've actually over the years kind of started to compile a list. Of, of some of my favorites, but yeah, those are the three I, I would take. So I do. I've got documents too that uh, <laughs> have that list, depending on what the criteria is, because all of a sudden um, I'll forget or I'll, I'll remember an album that I loved that the last time someone posed that question to me, I totally forgot about. So I need to write it down so I don't make that mistake. Yeah, I, I do this stuff all the yeah. time. So yeah. Um, now 
I, I noticed that uh, Slayer is conspicuously absent, but that's okay, Mike. <laughs> that's okay. We're still on good terms. It's all right. Right, good. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been a great chat. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights uh, and also a little bit about your, uh, your band days. Uh, hopefully, I can, I can splice some video on here, uh, tack it on. Okay. People can see you back in the day. Uh, it's really good stuff and uh, really enjoyed the chat. And we'll talk soon. I'm, I cer certainly hope and rock and roll.